0: Uh, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you don't got your Bibles, it will hopefully be on the screen as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We've, we've been looking this Easter at the topic, Jesus the disturber. And we've seen how Jesus disturbed people. He disturbed those in authority by, by showing that he had authority. He disturbed those who wanted to be religious... And stick to tradition by showing that that, that God goes beyond that. That the Son of Man has authority beyond tradition. He disturbed Judas, who wanted only to satisfy himself. He disturbed the world until the world put him to death. Very disturbing behavior. We remembered on Friday how he died. And we saw from Numbers chapter 21 how if we look to Christ, we see our punishment. There's the cross inflicted on him. But today we come and we see the risen Jesus. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday when everything changes. We date, we date our, our dating system. Very roughly, it's, it's off and it's bad and it's not accurate, but roughly we date it to the birth of Jesus. I wonder almost whether we shouldn't date it to the resurrection of Jesus because this day is when everything changes. Let's read what Paul says. Paul's writing to the Corinthians. This, by the way, is probably the earliest writing that we have in the New Testament. Written around about the year 55. Um, If Jesus was uh, crucified, it was probably somewhere between the year 33 and 40. We can't be precise because our dating system is bad. Um, This is 10, 15, maybe 20 years at the maximum. Twenty-five at the maximum, after the events of the resurrection. This is the first letter that we have preserved in our Bibles. And Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. Um, if you were here before Easter, we've been doing a series on the Corinthian church. You know that they were a, a lovely church. No, they were. Seriously, they were a lovely church. There was a lot going on. God was doing amazing things. His spirit was moving in, in fantastic ways, but but it was also a church with some major misunderstandings, some major issues there. But, but Paul writes to them and he says, you are the church of God and I want to I encourage you and I want to push you forward so that you will be imitators of God. And he comes in, in chapter 15 of, of his first letter to the Corinthians and he writes to them because somebody has said, what on earth is this resurrection business? And and really, it's already happened, hasn't it? Let, let's read what Paul says. He says, let me remind you now, brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then. You still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believed something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and What had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. Just as the scriptures said. He was buried. And he was raised from the dead on the third day. Just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter. And then by the twelve. After that he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Most of whom are still alive, some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. I am the least of the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted the church of God. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me, and not without results, for I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message that you have already believed. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ was raised from the dead, we rose from the dead. Why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that cannot be true if Christ has not been raised. And and if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. You're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are to be pitied more than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. And so you see, just as death came into the world through one man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone here dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. And after that, the end will come. When he will turn over the kingdom of, to, to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler, authority, and power, for Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death the scriptures say God has put everything under his feet, under his authority. Of course, when it says all things are under his authority, it does not include God himself who gave Christ his authority. Uh, but then, when all things are under his authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority. So that God who gave his Son authority over all things will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. If the dead will not be raised... What point is there in people being baptized for those who are dead? Why do it if the dead will some, unless the dead will someday rise again? And, and we should ask ourselves, why would we risk our lives hour by hour? For I swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus our Lord has done in you. And, and what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those people in Ephesus, if there will be no resurrection from the dead? And if there's no resurrection, well, let's eat and feast and drink. Tomorrow we die. Don't be fooled by people who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right. Stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. There are in the world today Christians, well, people who call themselves Christians, who do not believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Literally. And I say they call themselves Christians because I don't know how they can be Christians if they don't believe that Jesus actually rose from the dead. Because without the resurrection... Our faith is pointless. The resurrection of Jesus the Christ in space and time sets Christianity apart from all of the other major religions in the world. Um, The later Western religions that developed sort of in part uh, in reaction to Christianity don't claim deity or resurrection for those who started the religion. Um, they just claim that they were, they were a prophet. Um, Muhammad in Islam, he's a prophet, but he died. Joseph Smith, if your Mormon friends come knocking, oh, he's a prophet, but he died, he didn't come back to life. The older Eastern religions, such as Hinduism or Buddhism or uh, Confucianism, they don't even need the, the actual historical existence of those who started the religion um, for, for their religion to make sense. In some ways, it's more philosophy than, than historical truth claims. But Christianity comes along, and Christianity lives or dies with the claim that Jesus Christ is alive. It's possible, I don't know how, but it's possible to believe that Jesus was resurrected and not to become a Christian. But I don't know how you would do that. But, but it is impossible to be a Christian without believing that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. You can call yourself a Christian, but you are not a Christian unless you believe that he rose from the dead. The Corinthians that Paul was writing to, they had heard the gospel as Paul had preached it to them. They had received it, they would taken their stand on it, they had put down their, their, their feet, they had said, we believe that Jesus is God, that he is the Lord. Paul writes to them, he says, I want you to realize how precious a gospel, how precious a good news this is. Hold fast to it, he says in verse 2. Hold fast to it, uh, unless when... Hold fast to it, because this is the good news that will save you. He summarizes the good news in three, three stages. He says there, Christ died for our sins. He was buried, he was actually dead, and he rose again. And Paul gives um, quite quite a strong argument in favor of Jesus being resurrected. Um, as I said, this is probably the earliest written testimony that we have in the Bible, and Paul can use that because he says there, I've, I'm going to give you a list of names, and these are names not of people that you cannot contact, but these are names of people. They're, they're in the phone book, for goodness sake. Or the ancient equivalent of the phone book, which was probably a horse. They're there. You can contact them. He doesn't give a, a complete list of the people that saw the risen Jesus. He doesn't mention the woman, for instance. But, but he gives quite a comprehensive list. One of the the arguments that you might hear that says the resurrection is not real is that it's just hallucination. Mass hallucination. Their minds were all in the whirl because of what had happened and they wanted to see Jesus and they all happened to see him all at once. Pretty impressive to have 500 people mass hallucinating the same thing at the same time. Pretty impressive, actually, to have a whole variety of people at different stages, at different places, at different times, with different people, experiencing the risen Jesus. Mass hallucination does not cut it. The other thing is that Jesus appears... To a few people who previously had not believed in him. Two people are mentioned by Paul here. One, Paul himself. Paul, um, you might know, has well, he says there he used to go around persecuting the church. Chasing them down. Standing by as Stephen, one of the earliest martyrs, was, was executed by stoning. And the other person is, is James. James. <clears throat> Jesus appears to James. Now, I think the James that he's talking about here is James, the brother of Jesus. And we read in the Gospels that while Jesus was, well, before he was dead, James and his other brothers and his mum, they didn't believe in him. In fact, one time they went to try and fetch him because they thought he was mad. All this talk and this acting as if he was God. But all of a sudden, the risen Jesus appears to James, the, the person that you wouldn't expect to be expecting his return. He thought his brother was a liar, or a lunatic. And all of a sudden, here we see, he is willing to put his, uh, his feet down and say, I have seen him, he is alive. And the resurrection is not just the Desperate projections of people who had too much invested in Jesus. Paul saw him abnormally. He, he saw a vision of the risen Christ. The others saw him in flesh, but Paul saw him too. I think what Paul wants to, to say to us here as he writes this letter to the Corinthians is that the resurrection is the rock-bottom reality for Christians. It's not a strange idea that Paul dreamed up. Um, He says there, and it's true, you can read all of the other apostles. They all preach the same thing. Jesus Christ, dead, buried, resurrected. Oh, there goes my shoelace. This is the gospel. And the only point in being a Christian is if this message continues to be solid ground on which we stand. So why make such a fuss about it? Okay, yay, Jesus rose from the dead. Let's move on. Can not we do that? Why make such a fuss about this? In fact, some of them we see in verse, uh, I think it's around about verse 12, some of them in Corinth well, they had a bit of an issue with the resurrection. Uh, I I think verse 12, they're probably not bothered with the idea that Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, they, they, they're fine, they hold to the gospel that says Jesus was raised from the dead, but, but some of them are going around saying, yes, Jesus rose from the dead, but by the way, there is no resurrection from the dead. Not for him, but for us. Jesus was raised. It's different for us. Maybe they're coming from the Greek idea, and they were living in, in a Greek culture. The Greek idea... That when you die, your soul is set free. We still have that sort of idea today, don't we? In some circles, that that your body uh, decays, but your soul goes to be with God. Yes, your person is held by God. but, But for Paul, the resurrection is not this body and soul weird dividing thing. For Paul and for the rest of the Bible, God made us humans. Not body and soul and spirit, but humans. You chop off your body, you're not a human. You chop off your soul, you're not a human. You chop off the spirit, you're not... It's human. The three together is who we are, and and we are not human without that. God made us this way, and Paul says, why on earth, why on earth can you go around saying that there is no resurrection for us? Today, probably more people, have you heard of YOLO? Okay, everyone say after me, YOLO. YOLO. It sounds Hebrew or something, but it's not. It's internet geek speak. (laughs) You only live once. Can I give them my new one? I came up with a new one in the car the other day. I think it's cool. Taryn thinks it's not. (laughs) Yolt! (laughs) Unless you're alive when Jesus comes back, in which case you're YOLO, If you die first, it's a case of yolt. You only live twice. The resurrection of Jesus Christ speaks to the fact that we too will be raised. And we're going to talk more about this next week, about the resurrection body and what sort of body are we going to have. Um, I'm going to be all suave and sophisticated with a thick head of hair, maybe. I will get a wig in heaven. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about that whole thing and and do we have wings and do we have harps. uh, Quick answer, no. Um, But come for the rest next week. But Paul's point here, he says to us, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then Christianity is a hoax, a horrible hoax. Because it is only the resurrection that makes the crucifixion more than a a horrible end for a failed Messiah. And in fact, to preach Jesus or to believe on Jesus is to believe in the resurrection not only of Christ, but in his promise that we too will be raised to life. Bodily resurrection. Why make a fuss about the resurrection? Well, because if there isn't a resurrection of humans, then Jesus is still dead. Just think about it. What The Paul, point Paul makes is quite obvious. Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully human. And if humans aren't raised from the dead, then Jesus wasn't raised from the dead. Which makes the preaching of the apostles worthless, empty, useless. The the word useless there is the word empty and hollow. It's it's kind of like, like, an Easter egg. And you get an Easter egg, lovely, beautiful. You think, oh wow, there's going to be so much chocolate in there. And you take a bu- and it's lovely chocolate, but it's it's hollow inside. It's empty. Graham goes, oh. and worse says paul in verse 15 it makes the apostles liars against god which is a pretty dangerous thing to lie about god and, and and really if you think about it if the apostles were liars about god why do you bother reading your bible because why would you listen to a liar and you might say oh but they've got some good truth in there i don't trust a liar verse 17 paul says If people are not raised from the dead, then trusting in Jesus is useless because Jesus was not raised from the dead. Because if Jesus stayed dead, it means either two things. It means either that he was not sinless because the wages of sin is death, or else it means that God, God did not approve of him trying to take our sins upon himself. See, either way, he's not a valid substitute for us. If Jesus did not come back to life, then his death benefits us. Zippo. So if Jesus were still dead, there would be no forgiveness of sin. We would all face death without hope. Uh, And even now we'd be tortured by the knowledge that those Christians who died, died forever. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then he is not the Messiah. His cross has had no effect. Sin has not been dealt with. The world is exactly as it always has been. But... I've said this so many times. One of the most important words in the Bible is the word but. There's a big one at verse 20. Huge one at verse 20. But if Jesus has been raised, that proves that he really is the Savior from God. And if death has been defeated, then the sting of sin has been undone. And there will be a new world one without death, one without decay, one without corruption, one without entropy. Uh, our world at the moment, um, second law of thermodynamics, says the non-physics major. Second law of thermodynamics says that, uh, it's, I think it's the law of the conservation of energy. Um, there's always energy being lost. And everything is winding down. And soon, according to this law, the world as we know it will, well not soon, a few million years, a few billion years from now, the world will end in a heat death. Because energy is being depleted all the time. Stars are burning up. And into this dying universe, Jesus is raised from the dead. And he promises a new world where the universe itself will be remade. Where God will live with us. He takes the resurrection of Jesus Christ away, and that's all. Our universe, it's still dying. And there is no hope. And I'm still dying, and there is no hope. The Christian life is only the best life if it is based on the truth. Otherwise, we are sergeant major idiots. Paul knew it. We know it slightly less today, but Paul knew it. Putting up with hatred. He was reviled, he was persecuted, he was struggling to survive at times. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, what an idiot. But, verse 20, but it is not true that Jesus was not raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead and far from being the most pitiable of people, we are actually those who have the most hope and the brightest future because the resurrection has changed everything. And I just woke up the baby. I'm so sorry. Um, Paul says there, he looks at Adam and he says, Look, if... if if Adam sinned, he speaks about humanity. If, if, if humanity sinned, Adam's sin has had far reaching consequences. So too has the resurrection of Christ Jesus had far reaching consequences. Because death has come through Adam, and we are all in Adam. We've all sinned. We, we are all dying. We have all got no hope. And then Christ comes, and he is resurrected to life. And all who trust in him have life. And there is hope, and there is future, and there is joy. And there is just wow, wow, wow. Exciting stuff. Jesus' resurrection is, is like the first bit of the harvest. Uh, in Jewish um, tradition, you, you take a first little bit and you would give it as an offering to God. and uh, It was just a sign of thank you, a, a proof almost of the harvest that was to come. And here Jesus, we're told, Jesus is like that. His resurrection is that first little bit of the resurrection of all of us. See, when we talk about Easter Resurrection Sunday, we're not just finishing with the resurrection of Jesus. Because what happened on Easter Sunday, as Jesus Christ was raised, is just the first of the harvest. The great hope of the resurrection is the great promise of God's ultimate victory In all things. Jesus has been raised. Right now he is ruling as king and lord of all. There are still opponents against him. And the purpose of his reign is to defeat all the enemies. That he has already defaced and embarrassed and destroyed on the cross. One day they will be utterly defeated. Defeated. On the day when Jesus comes and they shall amass against him and with a breath of his mouth, he will defeat them. And the final enemy, verse 26, will be death itself. And God will be all in all. I love what Paul does here. He's writing to a church which says, ah. There is no resurrection. And Paul says, no, you've got it completely wrong. There will be no death. There will be no death. You know, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, and if the resurrection is not true, and if we will not be raised from the dead, why have you just spent an hour listening to me? if If there is no resurrection, no hope of Jesus' return and taking us to be with him and, and heaven coming to earth then let's go party i've got Easter eggs at home I'll give you some or we can or we can still party because we can party now because we've got a future paul says there let's if it 's not true we'll we'll Eat and drink ourselves silly because we're going to die tomorrow anyway. The Corinthians were in a world which didn't believe in the resurrection. And the thinking of their neighbors had seeped into their thinking of God. We've got the same danger today. Our world doesn't believe in the resurrection. There are so-called Christians out there trying to convince us that we can still be good Christian people without believing in all the supernatural rubbish. To them and to you and to me, I say, if the resurrection is not true, I will never stand in this pulpit again. And there is more to life than now. And so I'm going to live my life now knowing that Jesus is coming back. You see, today we remember the start of the resurrection. Let's live for the end of the resurrection. And you know what? When he comes back, there is going to be such a festival of a feast as we celebrate all that God has done for us. Amen. I think mark wants me to finish now so i'll finish now (laughs) amen may god bless you may you know the the heights and the depths and the width of his great love a love that came down that died that raised christ to the dead and a gospel a good news that says if we look to him we too shall live